Welcome back to the Frame Skip Podcast. This is, I don't know what episode this is. This is episode 54, 54. I guess. Wow. Yep. Moving up in the world. Almost to 55. We're getting there, guys. Getting there. I'm <laughs> one of your hosts, <laughs> Seth Slykhouse. Joined, as always, by George Cam Newton Loftus. Is that, are we still sticking with Cam Newton Loftus? Or, sticking, or sticking with Cam Newton for now. The socks are getting a little frisky, so it might be George J.D. Martinez Loftus soon. We'll see. Oh, I don't okay. know. At least one of your teams will win. I am. I'm feeling good about the Bruins. I don't know hockey very well. Feeling good about the Bruins. Feeling good about the Red Sox. Feeling absolutely <laughs> awful about the Celtics. Feeling good about the Patriots. Yeah, it's fun. It's the Celtics. I'm so tired of people saying Celtics. The Boston Celtics. <sighs> it is. It's the Celtics. Are they Celts? Yes, they're Celts. Uh... Let's stop pretending like the word is something it's not. <laughs> All right. Um, reaction. I am beside myself right now. You know, you're being you're doing a really good job of showing why we need to freaking bring bullying back. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, 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 I gotta tell a story. I gotta say something real quick. Um, I ordered a dress for my girlfriend off Amazon, so I'm a little salty about this. And I put specific directions for the DHL delivery driver to bring oh, no. it up into my building. And put it on my doorstep. He chose to ignore those directions. And put it on the front porch instead. And it got stolen. And it was a dress that was over $100. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty salty about it. Someone just decided like. Hey this is my chance to be a scumbag. And get away with it. And they did it. So now I'm going to step a booby trap. I think. And you know. If they die from an explosion. It's- they shouldn't have opened the box. Wow. It's probably because they saw it was from DHL and somebody thought, oh, somebody ordered this months ago and forgot about it. Yeah, DHL is literally the worst. But here's here's the thing. Here's, I, I don't hey, DHL is great, man. I got family in South America. DHL is the only service that like delivers on time between those two. Like It's, it's really nice. Yeah. I understand that's not your situation. So I apologize. have a package um, coming DHL next week. I'm going to – I'm – so I was so furious about this last night that I, I started planning how to set up a booby trap for the, the, the porch bandit. You know, if if someone opens a package, they didn't know what was inside of it, and a blast of radiation just hits them right in the face. I don't. What am I supposed to do about that? That's not my fault. I mean, so. did you put the radiation in the box? Because if you did, I'm pretty sure that's explicitly your fault. Um, uh, you know what? It was shipped to me <laughs> with no return address. Okay. <laughs> it's amazing. I ordered a box of radiation off Amazon. Yeah, hey, uh, man, yeah. Thanks, uh, thanks Russia for mailing me this depleted uranium rod. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for putting it into the Tiffany's box as requested. Uh, <laughs> it's really sweet of you. Just makes me think of uh, later in the office when they opened Dwight's treasure box and the dart shoots out of it. Somebody put a poison dart in it. I'm, I don't know it's poison. I'm just assuming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I love the office so much. But uh, how are you guys doing this week? Missing the office on Netflix. That's how I'm doing. Uh, pretty great, man. I, uh, I, was dri- I, was, I was driving around. I saw a DHL box took it uh i got it like a really pretty dress now uh so i'm doing pretty you're well in I, I, I'm... central you're in central pennsylvania george <laughs> so yeah I'm, I'm feeling pretty good this week feeling up uh showing off the legs it's uh sundress weather so it's perfect time feeling pretty good looking pretty good yeah perfect time to show off my my meat sticks <laughs> that's what i call my, my legs. advice to you don't open the next one <laughs> <laughs> or if you do open it towards someone else yeah, yeah so you gotta get all the radiation out before i enjoy the whatever's inside nope just radiation just 
That's all it's inside. I'm going to go to like some, like, you know what? Penn State University is here. I'm sure their research department has a whole bunch of. You're such a Spider-Man oh, fan. How come you, you're not going to like try to irradiate a spider first and get it to bite you and then set up a radiation? No, track? my mind's set on like revenge. If I have some radiation left over, I'll, I'll use it on the spider. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Oh man, I, I have just a little bit of radiation left over in the can that didn't fit in the box. What am I going to oh, do yeah. with this? It's, it's like when you get like you know one of those tall boy cans of soda or whatever. You try to pour it into a glass, and you're like, well, I got some left over. I'm just or like when they, exactly. when they bring you like a milkshake, and they have to bring out like the metal thing it's made in. You know, because like, oh, yeah. we made too much milkshake. Like I say, Penn State University is like pretty near me. I could probably probably their research department probably has like a vial of chlamydia or something. I could probably like steal and just you know spray when someone opens a box it probably wouldn't be too hard to rig up i don't think that's how chlamydia works like oops ah chlamydia my my favorite plant but you're welcome to try i'm I'm really excited really excited to see you on the news that that'll be fun (laughs) man has chlamydia all over his body we don't know how man weaponizes chlamydia (laughs) in in, in amazon revenge ploy (laughs) details at 10 i'm pretty sure like if pure chlamydia gets shot into your face in your eyes your nose you're getting chlamydia you know local dumbass understand science so poorly must go to jail for seven to eight years (laughs) (laughs) and the hospital for another seven to ten you know my luck i'd like spill it all over the place and I wouldn't know where to clean up. Oh, uh, man, then your kitchen counter would have chlamydia. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. It just starts <laughs> dripping. <laughs> Seth spills it, looks at his counter, and just goes, at least it's not me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The, the, the revenge is coming for the, for the porch bandit. I, I'm telling you. I might just put, like, a <laughs> nuclear missile inside this box. <laughs> George Porch Bandit lost it. Cuban missile? It's <laughs> a nuclear missile. Oh, I, I heard Cuban missile. I'm like, man, that was really just the one. That was just the one time. <laughs> <laughs> just the one time. The Cuban there was missile. That, you, there have, was that you, small have, you have a missile crisis one time, and they name it after you. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, so I have been playing uh, a lot of Monster Hunter this week. Ooh. Hey. I got me and my, I got it from one of our. Uh, Good buddies, uh, listener uh, Alden. He he sent me a code for Monster Hunter. He must have had a leftover one. I really appreciated that. And I finally got around to playing it this week, and then I bought it for my girlfriend as well. We and um, I, I gotta say, man, Austin's right. It's if if I have one grip about that game, and now that I'm into it, like I'm having a blast. But if I have one grip about that game, it is that it is so unfriendly to newcomers. I mean, it is like yes. maybe the most complicated game I've ever seen. And they put a ton of tutorials in the game. None of them are helpful. <laughs> no no Dude, they're really not it's it, I, I am a video game veteran i have been playing video games nonstop for 27 years and i i'm telling you it took me an hour and a half to figure out how to join her quest in monster hunter we were in the party and i was just like going through all these different ways to create parties there's like four different ways to create parties and you, at the same time it's ridiculous but there's like a card system which i don't understand that's not explained, and then like the combat oh, the is. Food. Well, the, the, I mean, the food's pretty simple. I use eat the food and get the buffs, but like, like the the actual like systems in the game for like playing the game, I, I feel are, are so extremely complicated and like overcomplicated. They really are. Yeah, like like yeah, they do a ter- they do an absolutely terrible job of giving you information on the most basic details of the game. 
yeah and what to do and how to do it well you know i I actually don't know sorry from the outside then is this like the anti-world because like everything i heard about monster hunter world was like how welcoming it was to like how how complicated because like i know you said you're a video game veteran you've been playing 27 years you invented pinball or whatever credentials you were saying yeah um yeah, I was. There. I invented. Yeah, I invented. Exactly I invented pinballs and dice. Uh, <laughs> I was big, in the room. Big career. Yeah, you were in the room. <laughs> I was the one who got it done. I said, "What if we go up to six? Um, so, so is it that? Because that, that turned me off from the outside. Like it looked like a complicated game, and from the onset, yeah. I was just like, I don't know if I have the energy to do this because it looks like learning a new language from the outside. But like, even as someone who's played monster hunter before, which I assume you are, they they changed it that much where it's that world. They changed it that much where it's that confusing. It's not. Here's the thing. I played a lot of monster hunter world. I think the problem is that the systems in the game are so unintuitive that it goes against common logic. Like there's this, there's this menu, this quick menu that pops up and then you have to select quest board and then you open the quest board and it will allow you to join that person's quest in the party. But none of that is explained and it really should just be as easy as we're in a party together. The quest leader selects a, a quest and then we go on it together. That is how every other game works. Every other multiplayer game works that way. Monster Hunter's like, now nah, we different. <laughs> I just don't understand why it has to be that way, you know? Like At least know. the Monster Hunter Rise multiplayer isn't as bad as Monster Hunter World. I thought Monster Hunter World's multiplayer oh. was fine. Oh, uh, if you're trying to go through that story, hold on guys. I gotta get through the cutscene, then I can shoot up the flare and you can join. But you have to wait there for me. It was I'm terrible. Pretty sure. That's not how that works. You can join that, that way. One hundred percent, how that you works. You can join that way, but you can also join at the same time. Me, Austin, Andy, and Coach all played this game, Elijah. I beat this game, and I am ninety nine percent sure you're wrong. And Austin's probably going to edit his voice in at this point and let let, let the world know because Austin's a veteran. He's a, he's a god at Monster Hunter. All right, hold on. Let's give like a little break so Austin can interject his voice in three, two, one. Well, I'm not Austin, but I do know you have to join the quest separately if you haven't watched the cutscene yet, and then you can do the quest together. You don't have to fire a flare as long as you're in the same hub, though. All right, cool. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm having I'm having fun with the game now that I am like back in the groove. I'm understanding it a little bit more. Um, I'm having I'm having a good time with it, and I think the improvements they made to the systems are pretty cool like you get the dogs and there's a lot more like fast reversal it's a lot more vertical it's pretty cool uh, but that's pretty much all i've been playing this week i haven't been playing much i've been watching the invincible tv show Ooh, heard it's amazing it's okay uh george have you are you familiar with invincible have you read it i wasn't until like maybe a month ago and then gearing up for the show i decided to check out the book reading it for the first time I think the dialogue is like absolute garbage in that book, but like the plotting and pacing in the book is like second to none. Like they know exactly when to do a twist. They know exactly when a fight should show up. They know exactly when to like take a moment and do even like half a page mm-hmm. on like an interpersonal moment between characters. Like they hit all the mm-hmm. right beats at exactly when you want them. But for me, it's just like the actual executions a little off. Like, I just think it, it sounds like it's written by someone who did like zero research in terms of like, Oh, how would a government agency talk? But everything else is 
perfect about that book. I think it's great. See, my have, how far in did you get? I think I'm around issue 25 right now. Okay, so, so you got past, I think, like the big reveals with yeah. his dad and whatnot. And okay, so yeah, um, my favorite part about Invincible is that it is a running commentary on the current state of like comic books. It's like, oh, you know, the comic book like um, cliches, like, oh, you guys don't show gore. Well, here you go. Here's a, I'm like a, like a hot plate, you know, and um, well, people don't stay dead in comic books. Like, oh, literally going to kill off six characters. So you probably thought we're going to be main characters in the, the first, you know, issue or whatever it is. Um, time travel. We make a joke of it. You know, it's just, it's like these cool, I just think Invincible is a really, really, really good book. 160 issue run. It had a start finish, just like Breaking Bad. And I really enjoyed it. And the show is pretty good. I'm, I'm not super disappointed with like I thought it was going to be. Um, they do a pretty good job. They, they mixed around some of the events to make, I think, more of a cohesive story. And I think that's, uh, I'm, I'm, indec- I'm undecided on that yet. But yeah, so far it's pretty good. It's really gory, just like the book. And I really liked that. I was, I was worried they were going to tone down the gore, but it's super, super gory. And it's like, it's hard to watch sometimes because of how gory it is. Uh, it's hard to read sometimes because so. of how gory it is too. Especially because like Ryan yeah. Otley's art is just like so simplistic and like, you just know that like that guy would kill it on like an Archie and Jughead book. You know, like that's like the kind yeah. of book that guy was meant to draw where it's just like good vibes, the book. But then like you're yep. reading, you're just like, man, that guy's missing like more teeth than like a Canadian hockey player. And like, that guy just shattered his femur, <laughs> you know, like, and it's that's just what so I visceral. love. That's what I love about um, Invincible, though, is that it lures you into a false sense of security. Like in the first few issues of the book, you're like, oh, this is like a pretty run of the mill, like kind of boring, honestly, superhero book. Yeah, yeah it's like a, a knockoff DC universe book. And then like that, the big event happens and you're like, oh, oh, dear, <laughs> this is this is awful. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that big event happens in issue eight of Invincible, but in the right. first, yeah. but in the first episode of Invincible, that happens, and it is way more gruesome when you see it animated. Like it is way more gruesome, um, but it's really good. I, I recommend people give it a shot, if, especially if you uh, are kind of sick of the run of the mill superhero stories that we've been getting for the last twenty years. Which I yeah, it's to. it's funny. I've been writing a lot more for my blog recently. And uh, I don't run ads or anything, so this isn't me. Like this is me plugging my work, but like this is this doesn't benefit me monetarily whatsoever. So check out georgeloftus.com. Navigate over to the blog. Uh, I've been writing about a lot of stuff like this recently, where I wrote about the Hulk and why it doesn't work as like a movie because I think he was like a modern hero, but like the movies came out in a postmodern world, and like just, mm. that sort of like clashing ideology just always created like too, so much tension that it was awkward for like the audience. I wrote about Cap Shield, Iconoclasm. And just, like, uh, how, like, the Flag Smashers were, like, great enemies because, like, they're not here to kill a person. They're here to kill an idea. And that's, like, the only thing that can, like, really end a character in, in comic books. So I thought that was, like, a good tension. And I wrote that before the finale of Falcon Winter Soldier. So if you're not caught up, you can read that and I don't spoil anything. And I'm currently writing about Jupiter's Legacy, which, have you ever read that book? Mm-mm. I haven't even heard about it. All right. That is a Mark Millar book. The guy who did, like, The Ultimates. He did the original Civil War. He did Old Man Logan, a um, bunch of other stuff, like in the 90s. Didn't he do Sin City? No, that was Frank Miller. Oh, okay, that's right. And uh, I'm writing about that in Intertextuality right now. And uh, much like with Invincible, like 
you can technically come into these blind, but you just get a lot more out of it when you like understand the relationship that they're working with and why it's so important for them to break it. And so like with Invincible, like that, I think that's what made it so rough is because they did such a good job of creating this environment where everything was so archetypal and familiar. And then, like you said, by issue eight, they just sh- like throw that into the sun. They just drop kick it as far away from you as they possibly <laughs> yeah. can and smash yeah. it to pieces in the way on the way. And they that's exactly what's happening with Jupiter's Legacy, like that book that I'm, I finished reading because it's uh, it's coming to Netflix as a TV show in May. Yep. So I wanted to check out the book and it's only four volumes right now and it's all on Hoopla. So if you have a library account, you can read that for free. And I recommend that book next after talking about Invincible, just because it is super, it's Mark Millar, like it's super breezy, but it's just really good, like in your face stuff. The collected editions do something weird, whereas the original series came out and was collected in like volumes three and four in the new trade paperbacks and like the flashbacks, which came out later, those became volumes one and two. So like they, they rearranged the actual publishing order and they do it like chronologically in terms of the story. I don't know how I feel about that because I thought the later stuff which was technically the early stuff was way more interesting, but have you guys um, read any of the star Wars comics? Incredible. Yeah. They're so good. Some of them. Yeah. Well, they were really good. You, you say incredible. It's like a blanket statement. Are all of them incredible? Cause I only read the, I've only read the Darth Vader comics. I thought the Kylo Ren comics were pretty bad. I did not read. I I'll, I'll be honest. I was going through it chronologically. So I haven't actually read too much that takes place after return of the Jedi. But, like, the main Star Wars series ran for 75 issues and took place between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. That book, I thought, was incredible. And they just started a new volume of Star Wars that takes place between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. That's really enjoyable so far. I think they've nailed every single Darth Vader series they've done. And there are, like, six issues into a new one right now. And that one is, basically, the premise is, like, the Emperor thinks Vader's a failure. So he takes away his lightsaber and just drops him on Mustafar and, like, sends a whole bunch of bounty hunters after him to kill him, and, like, he has to survive, but, like, he's not allowed to use the Force to do it. And if he uses the Force, then the Emperor will come down and kill him. Uh, so it's just hardcore as hell. It's super good. The only book right now that's not hitting with me is the Bounty Hunters book that they're putting out, but there's, like, an upcoming crossover or event called uh, the Bounty Hunter War, which I am excited to check out. I'm just kind of sick of things happening in between episodes three and four. I feel like that timeline is just kind of beaten to death. I'm like, uh, it was cool for the first year. And now it's like, we still haven't moved on from this like era. I'm I'm ready to move on from that. I want to, I do honestly, I really want to see Luke Skywalker in his prime. I, I think it's time for that, especially after seeing him in the Mandalorian. I think it's time for that. Honestly, you're, you're a comic book reader. Like I know you know how to like breeze through books quickly, you know? Yeah. Uh, grab Marvel Unlimited for a month. Like they actually have like a, a really nice function where you can pin they they have like a section called uh, like events or whatever, and they just like group together all these things uh, in like a cohesive way, which like you unfortunately can't do on your own, which is really annoying. But they have like a Star Wars pin, so that's like the first thing I have pinned. So I go down, and then it's just like the entire Star Wars series, then Darth Vader Volume One, then Darth Vader Volume Two, and like everything is just lined up really, really uh, intuitively for for users to just browse through, and it's like every Star Wars comic is collected there. Even, like, the new ones that come out this week are then added to that pin. Like, it's constantly updated. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, I am going to Disney World this weekend, Sunday. I'm staying until, well, next Sunday. And then uh, I'm really I'm going to Galaxy's Edge twice. I have it scheduled for two times. Sweet. I'm really excited. I'm going to build my lightsaber. I'm going to hopefully be able to buy Luke's lightsaber before it gets sold out. 
but I am going on May the 4th and then a Saturday. So it's going to be rough, but super cool. I'm, I'm getting excited. my second vaccine shot on May the 4th. So I'm excited to become a force ghost and come visit really? you down in Orlando. <laughs> you mean like some of those mutations people are talking about? Maybe you get the ability to use the force. Well, I, here's the deal is like, I'm doing a lot better now. Uh, I used to smoke a lot of cigarettes. Now I just smoke a marginal amount of cigarettes. Uh, so I'm just really scared. I know it's like all flu, like, but I'm just scared, like, oh, man, like, there's just going to be, like, a breeze strong enough one of these days, and that's just going to kill me. Like, it's, 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 it's going to be something huh? so stupid, yeah. Done. Elijah, what about you? What have you to this week? Um, not a whole lot. Uh, I replayed Titanfall 2 for the first time in a couple years uh, because of Random. this new this new season of Apex Legends is very tied into Titanfall. Oh, yeah? Very much so. Like, I found out the main group of people you're up against in Titanfall 2 are called the Apex Predators, run by a man named Kuban Blisk. Fast forward, I find out he's the one that created the Apex games. And, like, the Apex invitations are very similar to the card he uses to invite people into his group of mercenaries. Um, the new legend coming in for this season is the daughter of one of the mercenaries you take down in the game and like she even uses parts from his titan in her like basically her outfit her slash her like abilities in the new season of apex so i wanted to replay that get used to the characters again get the whole story straight uh i forgot how amazing that game is yeah Holy crap. That game plays so well. Deserved better from me. Uh, yeah, deserved way better. I completely agree. And I don't know if you saw, but they said because of this new season of Apex, plus it's been on sale everywhere, it has had the most concurrent players on Steam that it has ever had. Well, EA just like was like, you know what? This game doesn't matter. They put it out to die when they put it in between Call of Duty and Battlefield. That's what I'm saying. They're just like, oh, wait. Uh, yeah. yeah, I just put it out there. Who cares? doesn't matter that was what that I, was the game i got super into at the beginning of the pandemic and like it was it was still popping then um the multiplayer was it was great that, that game is still so good it feels so modern despite coming out what four years ago three years ago i think four i think four yeah yeah it sounds about right four or five i know austin loves it yeah it's a it's a great game what i would love to see is them to release like a downloadable 20 or 30 dollar game like because a lot of people up until this point a lot of people didn't really know it was apex legends was tied to titanfall like playing titanfall again i'm seeing it because i've been using my favorite weapons from apex legends in titanfall i'll be honest i knew that and i forgot yeah i forgot too yeah um what i'd love to see is them do like a 20 or 30 dollar downloadable game called like apex legends titanfall which incorporates Titanfall more into the story and ends with the main character of this downloadable game or whatever being given an invitation. And that's their way of announcing he's the newest legend coming in the next season. Mm. And hopefully that gets people more into Titanfall as a whole. Gives us a better chance of seeing a Titanfall three. Yeah, that's probably never going to happen. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure it was expensive too, but like that campaign does so much in such a short amount of time, right? Like it's it really does. It's like a six hour campaign, right? Six to eight, yeah. Yeah, like that was super breezy. Like that was like a two session 
game for me. And like, man, there was no fat on that game whatsoever. They introduce a kick-ass cool concept. They let you mess around with it. And then you're off to the new kick-ass cool concept. And it's like anchored between like these boss fights, which all do something different, but like inherently it's all the same. It's just throwing you into a mech. And like that's super fun. Like that's enough, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's kind of what I'm kind of what I'm looking for. Well. Yeah. God, it's so good. And like I I've been reading the Apex Legends lore book, and the main like story beat of Titanfall 2 is they're trying to stop the IMC from getting this thing called the Ark, which will would give them the power to destroy planets. I found out in Apex Legends lore book, the one of the legends, Wraith was created in a lab because she was a scientist there and they had a small piece of uh, the arc and were trying to use its abilities and no one else would go in for testing with it. So she did. And that's how she became and, and like got the ability to like phase through dimensions that the arc in that game, them stealing the arc for the IMC was to go to this lab in King's Canyon, the map in Apex Legend. You know what this sounds like to me? Like, uh, straight up, honestly? this you, You're sounding exactly like how I sound with World of Warcraft. I'm like, or and, or Final Fantasy. I'm like, guys, listen, you don't understand. The story is so good. Like, the, the story is so good. And everyone, all the other players in the game are like, bro, yep. I don't care. Sure. I just don't care. I just want to kill things and collect loot. And you're just, I'm just like, no, nah, the story's so great. Like, you understand? Like, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, okay, that, that's awesome. Uh, do you want to go on a raid? So damn, I've gotten so damn deep into this thing. <laughs> like, the whole story and lore of him. Like, this is awesome. And I'm loving it. Yeah. But uh, the only other thing I want to talk about is... I watched the new Mortal Kombat movie. Oh, hell yeah. Me too. I heard the action's great. Story sucks. Basically, if you go into it looking for an, like, as an actual film, it's going to be a disappointment. If you go into it for a just fun joyride, movie's fantastic. I hate that. I hate what you just said so much. It, like, it encompasses every reason why I hate film critics. I watch movies to be entertained. Yes. It's the same reason the Roman gladiators killed themselves. I want to be entertained. I don't care if your movie is artsy. Yeah, like the, the story the story's not great. There are some weird editing choices, but at the end of the day, I don't care. I had a blast. Kano was a much more fun character than he should be. Kung Lao was great. There was just so much. They did so many of the fatalities and so right to the game, like so like ripped right from the games and it was glorious i haven't even played mortal kombat since mortal kombat 4 on n64 that was like the last time i really got into mortal kombat um so i didn't i knew when a fatality was happening because i'm like oh that's gruesome but uh i didn't even pick up yeah, on kind of how you knew i didn't pick up on uh, any of the easter eggs specifically <clears throat> there, there were some things but like man yeah they are even as like the most casual of casual fans of mortal kombat that was a pretty fun way to spend like two hours, man. That was that was pretty good. Really I heard really the was. actions like incredible. Uh, it's it, the choreography is fantastic. I, I just heard the story is like really stupid. Is, is all I heard. It is. It I don't is. even think it's stupid. I think it's frustrating because like the one th what's like the one thing you know about Mortal Kombat is that there's a tournament. Yeah, exactly. And this is it. Spoilers? It... Should we say spoilers? I don't know what to do. Minimal spoilers. Spoilers. There's not a tournament. Yeah, there's no tournament. Yeah, it's, all, no it's tournament. not even a spoiler. It's all about the the outer realm trying to cheat before the tournament. It's them trying to stack the deck. 
Which in a way makes sense because Shang Tsung's like, we always cheat. So why would they not cheat? Yeah. <laughs> Which is what this and, movie and is. And so like, that's fine. I'm like really excited because honestly, one of my favorite movies of all time is Enter the Dragon. And that is just people invited to a martial arts tournament on some island in like Southeast Asia. It is awesome. It is so good. One of my favorite comic book stories of all time is Immortal Iron Fist, the second arc where it is the seven capital cities of heaven. And it is a tournament between the seven mortal vessels of these ancient gods. Like that, that story is always so great. So like if they want to set up a sequel, which they did, if they want to make like a trilogy, I just need a tournament setting. That's all I like. That, that stuff is so cool to me. I love a good bracket. Uh, they, they did say, depending on how this movie does, uh, the main actor who plays Cole Young is set for four more movies. That's a little bit ahead of ourselves. Let's, let's yes. get one out of the way um, first see how that does. And I'm not going to say much about it, but that ending fight, that was so amazing. Does someone scream Mortal Kombat throughout the movie? No. Oh, well, that is super disappointing. It's the classic theme song play in the movie. So one of the biggest disappointments in the movie is the music. Oh, God. Because not only is the original theme song not part of it. I mean, the new theme song is cool, no, it's not. but it's it's not the original one. No, the original one's and, iconic. But, no, but they only no, the original one wasn't once. iconic. You just heard it when you were six. Like, there's a big difference. Like, it has since become Actually, iconic, I guess. But, like, because you were six when it happened. Like, it was imprinted no, on you. When the movie came out, that was the first like um electronic album to hit number one on the charts was the mortal Kombat soundtrack see george you're just old it's, it's not even that i'm just old like no i ha <laughs> i have that soundtrack but like i'm just saying like it was a time and a place thing and like i don't need some dude saying test your might like I don't, I don't need that for three minutes and 40 seconds all the time they say I that do. once in the movie i want to test my might george Just, you know what i do when i listen to mortal Kombat theme i get up and I, I i punch the air and i kick the air and i i'm like i want to test my might. you see it's funny because this is actually He's really mad at the air this is actually my problem with comic book fans is everyone's just like no make it good make it the way it was before i want something new but make it the same like shut up <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about this movie was great. This was such a fun way to spend two hours. The opening fight was fantastic. Oh my god. That, that was amazing. That was so good. If you're not in after that, I'm sorry. You're just not going to like this movie. It's just not your yeah. skis, and that's fine. But guess what? The original Mortal Kombat movie, still there. It's still pretty available. Not on HBO Max, unfortunately. They only have Annihilation, as, as Elijah pointed out last week. Um, hysterical. Yeah, and we have the good one or the bad one. Just give him the bad one, so the new one looks even better. And I can't, and I can't find it on Blu-ray anywhere. I got a friend who says he has a second copy, so I'm trying to get it off him, but we'll see. I don't know, but like it's still available to most people. So like, just watch that if you if you want to be stuck in 1996, 97, whenever that came out. Just just ha have fun. 95, whatever. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. Better idea. You watch the Street Fighter movie with Jean Claude Van Damme in it. God, I wish I had like I don't know how much money I have in my Venmo. I want to just send Austin money so bad for everything I, ha I have to say about that movie. <laughs> Worst uh, thing ever. Don't hey, say you, you want to say you like? Elijah, movie. don't say you like it. Just save your crap. No, 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 no. <laughs> I've I've seen I've seen the movie. I've seen the movie. Um, also, I did watch Balls of Fury for the first time. That movie's great too. And uh, you know why it's great? Because it's a tournament. It's a ping pong tournament <laughs> on an island. I think South America, but I, I can't remember.
I'm yeah, not South sure, America. but I think George has stumbled upon the greatness for storytelling. We <laughs> 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 just make a tournament out of it. Also, Christopher Walken is one of the greatest people to grace this earth. That's why, and that's it, why sports fans love March so much, man. The entire month is a tournament. It's great. <laughs> George is like, The Bachelor? Tournament! <laughs> I mean, yeah, dude, I watched The Bachelor, not this last season. Ugh, don't get me started. <laughs> problematic uh not not great for the for the brand but uh the past couple seasons were totally, i don't know i was more of a bachelor in paradise guy everyone just makes horrible decisions every day it's great makes That's me feel me. better every day of my life same uh speaking of which uh george have you made any horrible decisions this week or or we haven't gotten to you yet have you been have you been this week we've been doing <laughs> uh, I did. That, that was great a crossover so uh george what horrible decisions have you made yeah, lately george, have you, uh, and what games are you play have you been uh literally or metaphorically hit by a car lately uh what's <laughs> up <laughs> uh yeah i played some gears of war 3 still moving along in my little marathon with my buddy fabio um really quickly i'm not going to go into that game because i feel like i'm boring everyone talking about old games but th- those 360 games look incredible on xbox one. Oh yeah like on Xbox One. I don't have a Series S yet. Um, I might be getting a new full-time job, which is great because then I don't have to worry like I'm currently doing with my projects about lining up the next project. So it'd be really nice to just be uh, stable. If I do get stable, I'd love to get a Series X. Uh, I can't imagine what these games look like on that. But like even on Xbox One, these 360 games from 2011 look impeccable. Um, do you think they take extra care with their first-party games when they when they make them available in the new consoles? I don't know, because, like, I was also playing Breakdown on my original Xbox, or Xbox, like, the original Xbox game on my Xbox One, and I still play the original Battlefront 2 all the time, and, like, those games look great, they load fantastically fast, like, it seems like every game, I think they probably put a little extra care, it's just weird, because, like I said, like, they remastered 1, but they never remastered 2 or 3, but also 2 and 3 look really good. So well, there's certain games that do just age well. Like I think uh, Mass Effect two and three age very well. Um, to be honest, if you think about how old they are, I think Mass Effect two came out in 2010, and I, I think Mass Effect two for for that age looks absolutely stunning. Um, and especially in Mass Effect three as well. And it, obviously, like if you like examine it close up, it doesn't look like a current gen game. But when you think about like, oh, that was 11 years ago. I think it looks pretty good. Yeah. Same for uh, years. The game I've been playing more of lately uh, is a PlayStation Plus game, and I decided I want to play more of those uh, just to sort of stay contemporary with the audience. I've been playing Zombie Army 4 Dead War. Yes! That's such a fun game. Which was a PlayStation Plus game uh, for March, right? This month? Yes. Oh, it's April. It's April. My bad. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, April. I forget. Sorry, I'm still thinking about tournaments. That's on me. Um, that game is super fun. I'd never played one of those games before. I didn't even know Rebellion made it, and then I saw like the Rebellion logo flash right at the beginning, and I got really excited because they developed all the uh, PSP Battlefront games. They developed uh, the the Sniper games, right, Elijah? Um, Sniper Elite. Yeah, I be- I think so. That I right. believe they do, just because it looks like they have very similar technology in this game as to that game where it's every once in a while, if you get like a special shot on an enemy, everyone will be spectating you. And it just does like the moral combat style, like X-ray to show exactly how much damage you deal. But it's basically just like a, almost like a destiny game set in third person. It's a third person shooter and you're in uh, Nazi zombie occupied Italy and you're just trying to get through. I think we played through like a third of the game in one sitting in like a four hour period. So it's not terribly long, but it's all about 
replaying and leveling up. And from what I can tell, the collectibles are shifting each time you play. So I don't want to say it has roguelike tendencies because I barely know what that means. But like there is a random element to it. Um, but it's fun. We were rolling through just like a group of three and every once in a while, like a fourth would pop in. And the game is really fun. But like it, it feels just like a series of... Um, what are they called in Destiny? Like, not the raids, but the ones just before the raids? Like, the three... Strikes? Yeah. It felt like just a series of strikes, like, back to back to back. But the game's super fun. It's got a great sense of humor, I think. It is. Um, looks pretty good. I've been playing it on PlayStation 4, just because I don't have the hard drive space on my PlayStation 5. Um, mm. But I am seamlessly playing with two people who are playing it on their PlayStation 5s, and it's, just, it's, it's super fun. I cannot recommend it enough. If anyone ever wants to play... Um, you should hit up Elijah because I don't really like talking to people. Uh, hit up Elijah and then he'll hit me up. Yeah. I like playing with Elijah and Seth and and Austin, but and Coach. But I don't I don't really like new people. So you can play with me any day. Yeah. So hang out with them and then I'll hang out with them and together you can thaw my icy heart and I might add you on PSN. Was that a sexual innuendo, Elijah? If you want it to be, anybody can play with me any day. In my endo, uh, yeah, I think that was Top Gun, right? Like you can be my wingman any day. Yeah. Yes, you can be mine. Are you Are you also going to tell me that the Top Gun soundtrack now sucks, George? No, I have that on vinyl. Top Gun soundtrack's amazing. Yeah, it's got Miami Sound Machine. Uh, I remember buying that uh, that cassette tape because my car in Danger high Zone was only good because you were six. I mean, okay, how often do you listen to Danger Zone? Elijah, shut up. I know you're a weirdo and you listen to bad music <laughs> all the time. But like, Dude, how, like, listen to that soundtrack how, how, all the time. Okay, but like, do you ever play that song outside of a joke? Like, I think that's no, my... yes! I think yes, that's my I thing do. with the Mortal Kombat. So, like, no one just sits down and is just like, you know what, I gotta clean. I know, I'll throw on Danger Zone. I got some work to do. I'll throw on Danger Zone. Oh, I'm flipping through the radio. Thank God Danger Zone's on. Like, like no one does... It's a novelty song. I hate novelty songs. I hate... I, I hate I hate Baby Got Back. I hate Danger Zone. I hate I hate every novelty song that ever exists because it, it it stops being a song the first time you hear it and it just becomes a joke. I think my favorite use of the song Danger Zone is the uh, oh, what are they called in Grand Theft Auto Five? The heist where it has you get in the jet to steal the EMP and Danger Zone just plays on repeat the entire time you're in the jet. Hey, guess what, Elijah? Guess what, Elijah? You just explained a a a joke. (laughs) Congratulations, you proved my point. They did that because it was funny. It is intertextual about the meaning of that song, how little that song means outside of the context of the movie. Congrats, you proved my point. Thanks, Chief. Got it, George. You're missing. You're missing the funniest part of that whole thing. The funniest part is when we were playing the heist and Seth had the EMP and we get close to the end and he goes, guys, I don't know how to land and crashes. And that was after we had done it like 45 times because the ice was so hard and we had no coordination as a team. Like half the time I, we blew up taking off because someone would launch a random missile because it was the same button. It was awful. Oh my God. Those heists were so frustrating. <laughs> but I do what the one thing I love about what George just said is he put Baby Got Back in the same area as Danger Zone. And Baby Got Back is a great song. It's in the, no, it's in the same song. category. That song sucks. It's in the same category as Danger Zone as Mortal Kombat. I'm wondering if I should put Darude Sandstorm. Like Stop. I like that song, but it is a novelty. It's a novelty song. It's a novelty song. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that new one. Track and it's tasty. Um, let's see what else. Um. WAP hasn't been playing long enough for me to get sick of it yet. 
but like I'm just waiting for a Will Ferrell movie where that song plays ironically and then it'll be dead to me. You know, it's just stuff like that where it's just it's not even the song that kills the song, it's everything else that kills the song. What about like the American Pie soundtrack that's like a classic? Yeah, but like okay, okay, but like no one is referencing those songs outside of American Pie. Like, yeah, I got the American Pie 2 soundtrack. I like me some some 41. I like me some yeah. Oleander. Yeah, I got I like Tonic, Third Eye Blind, Blink-182, all that stuff's on the first soundtrack. Yeah, I'm a fan. That sounds like a great soundtrack. Yeah, I've girl. never seen American Pie. Oh, so. oh, oh man. Soundtracks movie, are amazing. Movie hasn't aged the best, um, but if you, as long as you know that and you grow more than the movie can, uh, you'll be fine. It's great. Very funny moments, that movie. I will say that. Yeah, really there funny. are funny moments. There's also some highly problematic moments that uh, will make you, t- uh, you know, turn your head a little bit the way that uh, nine-year-old me did not turn my head because I didn't know any better. Um, and I was nine. So what do you want from me? I know the yeah. last time we talked about this, I was like, what? Well, you think American Pie was the most problematic one? And you're like, yeah, he literally broadcast an underage girl getting naked all over the internet. And I'm like, yes, he did. Yep. <laughs> he sure did. Yeah, he definitely did that. Um, Eurotrip also has a great soundtrack. Yeah, it really does. No, Eurotrip's great. Um, but yeah, it, it's like when when the thing gets taken out of the moment of the zeitgeist, and then it just becomes novelty and self-referential. Like anytime someone does bullet time to specifically like make fun of like the Matrix or something, you know, like the the way they like jump up like like Carrie Ann Moss did and do, does like the flying crane thing, uh, like anything like that, where it's just, it's just it makes me roll my eyes so hard. All right. Well, I mean, 42 minutes in, I, I, I would like to bring the topic of the week to you, gentlemen, which is the fact that Star Wars and the Republic is getting remade. I wanted to have a, a, a roundtable discussion. Allegedly. It's pretty much confirmed. I wanted to have like a, a roundtable discussion. Um, it's being made by Aspire, who is a, a studio who has only ported games. Um, and they did the iOS port for Knights of the Old Republic, which is you know a decent port. They did they pulled it off, which is yeah. surprising. Um, I played that on my phone back in the day because it was a Amazon had like a like a game service that you could get games. I don't know if it's still even available, but they had it for free, so I downloaded it and, and it works out pretty well. well but that, yeah, it was, it was ten bucks on iOS too. Like that's a great yeah. price for that game. And they, I, I would assume they've had, since added in controller support. Um, and if not, I, I bet you could do it through like a uh, Apple zone overlay. But yeah, that's a, that's I think I think I got further playing it on iOS than I did on original Xbox because it just ran like like baloney on original Xbox. I've beaten Night Seeker probably a couple times and um, I love the main character. I who I cannot pronounce the name without spoiling the game. And. I think they're going to screw it up. <laughs> I think they're going to ruin it. And I don't really have a reason why. I just feel like Knights of the Republic was such a gem of the past that I don't think there's a... And I, I also don't think that that game, the gameplay itself, translates well into modern day. And the only way to make that game work is going to have to be to change the essential parts of the game. So I'm not sure how they're going to pull this off. It does not seem like a, a doable project, in my opinion. And, you know, not only that, may, maybe with the right team it would be, but we haven't seen aspire do anything other than port mm-hmm. so we don't so like you you see a team like blue point blue point by this point you trust them to do <laughs> yeah you trust them to do these remakes you like they are that is what they're fantastic at mm-hmm. aspire they've just ported stuff before 
I'm not saying that they can't do this. It's just like we don't have any reason to fully believe they can. Maybe they will, and it'll blow us all away. We didn't know they could do this. But we don't have any reason right now to think that. I will say that they... Um, I assume you guys have PCs? Yes. Alright. Uh, nope. I've been a Mac guy for the longest time. And Mac has just been like a... <clears throat> a barren desert when it comes to games. And for whatever reason, the only games that were pretty much universally available on all Macs were always like Star Wars ports of Aspire games. Uh, sorry, the Aspire ports of Star Wars games. Sorry, flip-flop that. Um, so I remember like uh, the first time I played Empire War, which is like a Star Wars real-time strategy game. It is it's a great game. I think it was better than I think I think this the genre has come a long way. It just makes a lot of decisions, but again, they couldn't fix it because they were just a port studio. Like there's a lot of yeah. things I would like to see change in that game. But like they've done such a good job of making these games available on Mac of all types of hardware that like I know that there's like a technical expertise there that people don't immediately recognize just because you know you think of a port studio and it's just kind of like nothing special um like blue point aside i guess um but like they i i do think that they have very impressive engineers but to your point i don't know anything about their art directors you know i don't know anything about like their animators i don't know anything about their 3d modelers like i i, I just don't know what they can do besides port and like i don't know this uh the Republic Commando runs great on my PlayStation Five. The Episode One Racer was a dr- like it played like a dream. It was so good on PlayStation mm-hmm. Five. And so, much like Elijah, I don't want to say that they can't. What's interesting to me is like I think that game came out right after D and D Third Edition, right? And like it's using Dungeons and Dragons style play. So like, are they going to up? Because I think we're on Fifth Edition now. Are they going to update it to yes. Fifth Edition? Like, is that like considered like a contemporary remake? I don't know. I, I just know that, like, when you play the game, it doesn't feel good to play. No, like, it I don't think anyone's raving about the combat in Knights of the Republic, but it's the story that's so good. And I yeah. just want to correct ourselves here because they have created games before. Um, they published and developed Fahrenheit Indigo Prophecy Remastered. I uh, guess no, but that was a that was a David Cage game. Yeah, but it says Aspire developed and published. So I don't I don't know. Um, and you said it was remastered. Yes. All right. So I under have their, I, under the under the Wikipedia page, it says Aspire's catalog includes popular games such as Sid Meier's Civilization Six, uh, Layers of Fear, Observer, Torn, and the re-releases of Jedi Knight Two and Jedi Academy. So I'm not sure. All ports. Yeah, I don't know. I I hope they're outsourcing. Layer of the Fear is done by Bloober Team. Um, did you guys watch G four growing up? Yes. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, I did too. I've been falling asleep watching old episodes of uh, X Play. Uh, what was the other like Electric Playground and like all those mm-hmm. shows changed so much. Arena. Yeah, a little bit of Arena. All those shows changed so much over the years, but like kept the same staff. Mm-hmm. But it would just change names as like it went from Canadian broadcast to g4 to whatever it became to to tech tv to g4 whatever uh and i actually watched uh i believe an electric playground episode but again i can't remember the exact title of the show because that show changed names like four times it feels like but they were talking about knights of the republic because that was a contemporary game when that episode came out and even then um 
the hosts were like arguing about like if it was a good game because like one of them was just like no i love the role playing this of it and the other one was just like this game would have been so much better as an action game like yeah when you have a lightsaber you want to press a button and swing a lightsaber you don't want to like put a command on the stack and then wait for dice to roll to determine how effective your lightsaber was yeah and like they didn't really even do a very good job of explaining exactly what the abilities did like you would unlock the different lightsaber forms in the second one i think and whatnot and they really didn't explain much of that. If I remember clicking that, it's been years since I played it, but I don't remember. I remember just clicking what I thought sounded the coolest and it working out eventually. So Yeah, but again, it, it was super unclear. And I think that's because they did such like a one-to-one translation of D&D at the time. And so yeah. I don't know if I'll like it more now because like I've got, I don't know, like 250 hours of D&D under my belt at this point that I didn't have the first time I played the game. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm really excited, but like, I don't, like now playing through D and D, I'm like, oh, slicing super important. Like, in in the original game, which like it was just something I never really got into because I'm like, no, I want to be like a kick ass Jedi. My kick ass Jedi mm-hmm. doesn't have to know how to hack terminals or whatever. And now, like in hindsight, like now that I'm playing as a rogue, I'm like, no, lock picking is super chill. Like, I really need that um, from someone in my party. Um, but I don't know, like, you're right, because that game was famous for, like, the relationships you cultivated or didn't cultivate, and how that sort of, like, played out in the story. So it, it's going to be really interesting to see how such a beloved game that is definitely flawed, you know? it was, I think it was a victim of its time as much as it was uh, a landmark of its time. Yeah, everyone talks about how good the story was of, of KOTOR, not the gameplay. I think the gameplay mm-hmm. is going to be the biggest challenge for them to bring to modern day because it just doesn't it doesn't work very well it's exactly um, what everyone also, says about mass effect which is funny you know, like the original mass effect it's just like yeah the story's do, yeah. great but i hate playing it you know yeah yeah um i do hope they don't change too much of of the game uh i know there's some scenes particularly later on that are extremely pivotal to the Basla character that won't be well received in today's uh, political climate so i don't think i'm hoping that far so yeah there there's a scene at the very end part of the game and it's typical jedi sith stuff but I, I i don't know that that would go over too well today so i don't know it's a bunch of babies on twitter would you be more interested in the game if they remade it like a jrpg as opposed to like a western rpg what do you mean by that well because i just know that like the game sort of like sets up time freezes as soon as you see them and then it's it's half real-time combat Mm. that plays yes. out but like it plays out with like menu based options and then like that is determined by stats and die roll and all that stuff like it feels like you know so there's, you're a, saying... there's a round like if it's it is exactly D where like each round right. is six seconds and then like there's there's an attack order like like an initiative order or whatever so you're saying would i enjoy it more if it was straight turn-based final fantasy style combat yeah no, I would hate that. That sounds awful. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that in my mind, it, like, makes me want to die inside. I, like, like it, picturing that in my head, I don't, I don't want anything to do with that. I just want an action game, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I think, yeah. like, I just think, like, Fallen Order did it so good, and that game was so flawed that, like, Fallen Order made me feel good about Star Wars games again. And then really, that's the that is the first Star Wars game that I played and liked in. Probably since KOTOR came out, dude. It, like we have just gotten crapped on consistently with Star Wars games. And you're nuts. And you're you're absolutely nuts. What are you talking about? Yeah. Battlefront Two is great. Squadrons. It's so oh good. Squadrons God, was a ton of fun. Battlefront Two is great if you want a competitive first person shooting game. I don't. 
I want a Star Wars game. I also I thought the campaign was fun. Um, campaign was really fun. The campaign is super negatively received. Yeah, I thought it was good. Um, anyways, yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> Squadrons is super good. I wish I wish they made it a bit more arcadey. Um, but also, like, I don't know, I just drop it down to easy, and then it's basically arcadey. The but way here, here's my argument against because I've heard a lot of people say that. Here's my argument against that. There's already an arcadey version of that, which is basically just in Battlefront Two, right? No, because there's not really a there's not really there's not really a like star fighting campaign in that. Like there partially is, and I guess like the the multiplayer is more arcadey, but it's not arcadey in the way I want it to be. Where it's not like set PC, you know. And I think that's what I want. Like I want it, like in the original Rogue Squadron game or Rogue Squadron Two on GameCube. There's this great sequence of levels where like you had a B wing and you had to take out a star destroyer. And you want to do that as quickly as possible. And then the Star Destroyer falls to a planet. And then the, they start releasing TIE Fighters. And you have to like fight them as an A-Wing. And then all of a sudden they start releasing Chicken Walkers. And you have to like swap into a Y-Wing. And then you have to like bomb out the Chicken Walkers. And then you have to bomb out the hull. And then you have to go back into dogfighting mode to protect your ground team as they go in. Like, I, I guess I wanted something more like that where the emphasis was on ship combat. Not just ship combat available. You know, which is kind of what Battlefront did. But then it, it just got so technical in squadrons that that was kind of a turnoff mm-hmm. to me, where you had to constantly balance between shield, speed, and weapons, power. Yeah, and like Dude. it's not that it's not as simple as like um like a rock paper scissors equation, even though it is like three different elements. Like it's a bit more nuanced than that, and I just kind of didn't want the nuance. I just kind of wanted to blow stuff up in space, you know. To this day, I will die saying that they should have added in a small patch, not a small patch, a large patch, sort of like Ghost of Tsushima did to fall in order that made it available, uh, able to do PvP. When, when I was doing the boss battles against the um, the sisters in that game, I was like, oh, this plays so good. I would have loved to fight another player like that. I think that would have been really fun. Yeah, just, added cool. just added in. Just let me do it. I just, I just want to hit people with a lightsaber and then dance on the haters. That's what I want to do. All right. Um, so before <laughs> before we move on uh, to to Elijah's super fun trivia stuff, which Elijah, have you been keeping score throughout the season? I have. Cool. So it's kind of like a year long tournament, is what you're saying. Yep. Perfect. I'm I'm back in, baby. Um, was there any more information? I can't remember the the news release. Um, That's literally it. It was reported that Jason Schreier leaked it. Apparently, that's not really the case. Apparently, this has been going around for a long time um, via the dude from ACG. So, I don't know. Uh, but Jason Schreier, the dude from ACG said it, and then Jason Schreier came out on a podcast and said he pretty much heard that it was confirmed that they were working on it. Uh, during an interview with Ben Hansen of Min Max. Jason Schreier said to be this. This is public at this point. I've basically confirmed that Aspire, which is a company that has ported a bunch of Kotor games, is working on the remake. That's all we have. So, all right. I mean, like the game was super long and big, right? But like, I don't know how brimming it was with stuff. Like, I remember a lot of open spaces, you know. Yeah. And so this. He, oh no, he he did say Schreier then tweeted in February 2020. If it's really happening, it's not an EA. In okay. January of this year, we heard reports that the remake was in the works, but not at EA or the original developer Bioware and Asper Pitsat. 
Yeah. I don't know. I don't really care for Jason Schreier that much, but like he's I don't he's, 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 he's right more than he's wrong. So yeah. yeah, sorry with news, he's right more than he's wrong with news. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I don't know, Seth. You, you know those games better than I do, Elijah. Have, are you familiar with those series at all? I've played Kotor quite a bit back in the day, but I've never beaten it. Yeah, me neither. Um, like that game was pretty sparse, right? Because I mean, like that was an original Xbox game. Correct. And, Xbox and PC, yeah. Yeah, but like the like the environments were big, but like it didn't. It doesn't feel that different. Like I, I just remember the first area super well. Like when you land on that planet or whatever. That's and it the feels, worst part of the game. Yeah, yeah, it really is. They should not have put that part first. Um, but like it feels basically just like you're on the Citadel in Mass Effect, right? Like yeah, like there's a bunch of cool stuff, but like the it itself isn't impressive. Like lore wise, it's super impressive, but like in terms of actual, I don't know, like video game development watershed moment it didn't feel like one like the story think, the story dude, is the beginning of knights of the republic is such a mystery to me because they're like this is a jedi game right we got that figured out this is a jedi game it's got a huge twist in it we're not gonna have you pick up a lightsaber for the first 15 hours yeah, yeah. And it's just like what and like like how did that come about? And then when you finally get to the second planet, which is the Jedi planet, you're going to become a Jedi, you're going to get trained, and it's still going to be like five hours until you pick up a lightsaber. Yeah. What? It's a, it's a, it's, it's a little rough, and I'm wondering how they came to that decision, because like, if you really think about it, there's a lot that goes on uh, on Taurus where, where you have to go down in the sewers, and you have to fight the giant Rancor, and you have to cure that disease, and there's the, the speed racing and whatnot. But Taurus could have been cool um, if, if it had gone a little faster. But yeah, you're right. Like the, the environments aren't really anything special. The only notable one that I can remember is uh, Taurus. And then there's Dantooine, which I remember just being green. Yeah. And then the second one yeah, is literally just remember. green, green hills. Yeah. <laughs> the second the second one has a really memorable location at the very end, which is like this, this destroyed planet that uh, Darth. I forget his name. Uh, sucked up and ate the souls of so. Nihilus was that the villain? Nihilus, that's the second his name, one. Yes. Yeah. Darth Nihilus. Yeah. Honestly, though, here's the, the coolest part about this to me is that if this game r- really does end up getting made, it's going to bring um, the older public into the Star Wars canon, which yep. I think is really cool because Disney has already sort of confirmed it with the Clone Wars. They've confirmed uh, Darth Bane. And the Mandalorian Wars, which is all, you know, which is the, the Old Republic. So um, I'm really excited about that. I, I really love for Revan and Malak and Nihilus and um, Treya and Bastila, like all these great characters from the Old Republic to come in to the modern day setting. Is there anything else we want to cover? Sorry, my dog learned how to open doors. Um, she's oh, very fun. strong, and yeah, sorry that that's what that loud noise was that I bet Austin has. Uh, I, I didn't even hear it. Very expertly edited out. Um, yeah, well, because uh, what I don't really know Clone Wars the cartoon that well. Like I know Rebels really well. Um, Watch the Clone Wars. Yeah, it's I just don't care about the clones. Like the Jedi stuff is cool, um, but there's just so much clone stuff, and I just don't care about the clones. True, fair, that's fair. Um, I don't care about the clones either. But like they have like the father, the son. And the mother, like the like the three spirits or whatever, right? Like that was in Clone Wars. Yes. 
where, where like they thought Anakin would be the one to replace the father or whatever, and like that was like the prophecy, like uh, like that's what they meant by bring balance to the force. There was something stupid like that. I think it was the son. I think they, they thought he was gonna become like the, the they, they predicted he was gonna become like the dark Jedi and replace the son or whatever. It, yeah, it, like, it, yeah, super super convoluted stuff. But like that story directly tied into like what was going on in Star Wars right when Disney bought it and then like made everything Legends. Yes. And it's just like so bizarre to me, like what stays and what didn't stay. Um, just the Clone Wars, which was interesting. They were like, everything goes except the Clone Wars. We're going to keep the Clone Wars because apparently I thought it was not good or cool. And the Clone Wars is great. Like they, the Clone Wars fixes all the problems that the prequels really had, which were like Anakin's character development and whatnot, which comes out of nowhere in the third movie. He's just like, you know what? I'm evil now. I hate it so much. <laughs> yeah, but uh, God, what's the character's name? Uh, Abeloth is the character's name in like Star oh, Wars yeah. Legends who is oh, like, Oh yeah. That Luke Skywalker fought. Yeah. Yeah. But like that character was like the person who like served the, the father and like all that. And like the son yeah. and like, you know, they were going to live forever and she wanted to live forever. So she drank from like the fountains or whatever that only they were supposed to drink from. And then she became like the ultimate evil. I think that's really cool that like they explained that like, Oh, that series of black holes that's just mysteriously there in the galaxy. Yeah, no one knows what it is. It's like, oh, that's from like hundreds of thousands of years ago, and it's actually a prison meant to keep her like locked right. in place. Uh, it's pretty that's so super cool. But like, they confirmed part of that with like that family in the Clone Wars, but then like mm-hmm. never addressed like Abeloth actually like in in canon. So like, I don't know. Maybe maybe in the future we could get that story redone. Uh, that's interesting though. That like that would make Knights of the Republic canon because like at, at this yeah. point, I don't really see any reason not to. You know takes place like what 3000 years before the movie is like what do you care you know yeah yeah well i think they they were just being very careful with how they proceeded because there was so much star wars and disney was like all right we want to make our own stories we have to get rid of the canon so let's get rid of all of it and we'll just start fresh blank slate they they ruined that so i think now they're just like they're just like trying to piece together the best parts of star wars that they can which is awesome because uh the mandalorian's great i'm really excited to see the kenobi show yeah um also, I don't know. That's fine. That's whatever. That's what DC did with New Fifty Two, you know. And then five years later, they're like, "Yeah, screw it. Everything's on the table now." Um, yeah, true. Yeah, I don't know. I'm excited for this. Uh, like you said, though, I kind of hope they they have to make some gameplay tweaks, just because mm-hmm. that game plays like butt. And I know that because like I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and I can't play that game in 2021. I've tried, man. I've tried to do that. I've tried to play Morrowind, which is like another one that I just cannot get into, just because. Like, Morrowind's stop, rough, man. Stop Morrowind's remaking rough. Skyrim, man. Just remake Morrowind, remake Oblivion. You know, like I don't want to play Skyrim on my Switch because I played that game so much. I want to play Morrowind on my Switch. Like, fix that, tune that one up, bring that one out, yeah. remake that one because it's just super interesting ideas and like these are cool worlds. I would love to spend more time in it, um, but there's just something so off-putting about like that particular playstyle and like again like i said i don't know if like upgrading the rule set from third edition to to fifth edition i don't know if that's enough but it it, it would at least be something um and it just sucks when you like have a lightsaber and you can't swing it you know you have to like wait for an input to time out yeah it, it was it was uh fun back in the day when we all had no idea how gameplay was supposed to be fun yeah but oh. all right elijah hit us with your trivia so I've been reading a Silent Hill book, which got me into the idea of tonight's trivia is going to be based around the book Console Wars by Blake Harris. Now, you don't need to know anything about the book, really, for this trivia. It's just really stuff I learned from the book. The only thing that you need to know about the book is 
The book is about the console wars between what two companies? Is the first question. Okay. Are we supposed to answer at any time? Yes. Uh, Nintendo and Sega. Yes. Correct, both of you. The second question, what was the very first product uh, Nintendo put out? Can I go first? Sure. Playing cards. Seth? Uh, Yes, I agree with playing cards. Correct. Back in 1905, I want to say it is. I thought it was when Nintendo started. I thought it was earlier. I thought they were from like the 1800s. Completely different company, though, if I remember correctly. They were essentially a completely different company. Basically, yeah. It, it is the same company, but it, they were completely different at the time. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They weren't putting out cards and then putting out the same cards 10 years later and then charging me twice as much for the cards as they used to cost. <laughs> it was a completely different company. It's pretty sweet. Ace of Hearts plus Bowser's Fury. <laughs> Sorry, real quick. Uh, that, that's a, one thing I didn't mention uh, on last week's episode. When we were talking about like remasters, remakes, and revisions, I guess, uh, which it seems relevant now. Um, and I think we've talked about this a little bit before, Seth. I think it was on an episode where it's just you and I. But like, the more I think about it, the the Pokemon Shining Pearl and Brilliant Diamond remakes. Are you guys excited about those? No. Yeah, not really. I are think we not, talked about this. Are you not excited because they look just like slightly better DS games that you're paying 150% the cost of what you would have paid back when they came yeah. out? Yeah. I have the DS game of one of them and I haven't touched it much. Yeah, well, so those ones, I, can I mean, honestly, those, those games aren't good. Like, they, they fix so much in Platinum. Platinum's the one to play from that gen. Sorry, because, like, that one's super expensive. Uh, excuse me, that one's super expensive. Um, the weird thing is. Would you be? What's the highest price you'd be willing to pay for a remaster of uh, Knights of the Republic? I'd pay remaster. Well, okay, sorry. Yeah, you're right because this is a remake, right? Yes, supposedly okay. yeah, it's a remake. All right, we'll we'll see. Um, uh, do you think it's going to be like a full price game, or do you think it's going to be like a forty dollar game? Oh, one hundred percent. I think it's going to be full price. Full price. They're one hundred percent going to cash in on the Star Kotor. Wars. Yeah, the full the, price. The All right. Well, yeah, but like Squadrons is forty. That also was EA, and EA was like, "We got this. Mm-hmm. This is a completely. This is just Aspire, and it's like we can make money by putting it at 60. <sighs> All right. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's definitely going to be sixty dollars game for sure. PlayStation Four or next gen. Next gen. I'm thinking PS4. I'm thinking PS4. Well, also. I, just, I just think it's gonna it's gonna come out so far away that I just don't see it. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know, like that's one thing that kind of bums me out about uh, like the the repricing of these things, I guess. And I don't think we brought that up last week. Where like these games need to be remade because that sort of keeps older games in check, and also like these games should be readily available. And it's kind of unreal that this game has only ever been playable on Xbox consoles and PC. Like that that's mm-hmm. kind of cool. That's kind of impressive. It's also kind of lame, you know, that I never got to play that on, you know, four discs on my GameCube. That sucks. That would have been neat. Yeah. Um, but man, it's just, it's also like, it's the thing, like, I don't understand why x-rays are so expensive, because like, we've had that technology for like 130 years at this point, you know, mm-hmm. MRIs came out in the 70s, like, why, why is that still so expensive? Um, this game came out 20 years ago. Why is it so expensive still? Right. I don't know, just questions you should think about as a consumer. Your uh, your wallet has power. So. so, do you guys, especially you, Elijah, do you feel a little um, 
sad that you bought so many games from the PSN and then now it's staying up? Nope, not at all, because these are games I want to play anyhow. So whether I bought them now or buy them a year from now, they're not going on sale. Yeah. So it's not like I'm like, oh, no, I would pay half price if I waited. No, that's not going to happen. But still, like I bought uh, Root Double. I want to play that sometime. It looks cool. So. Yeah, I don't really. I bought mostly PSP games, which that store is still closing. Close. I don't understand why, because like if your Vita store is staying open and these games are playable on Vita, why would you close the PSP store or whatever? So I don't feel that bad about all the money I spent on PSP games. From what I understand, the PSP store is essentially non-active anyway, right? Yeah, there's not much there. I don't think I can log into it from my PSP. I've been having to purchase things uh, directly from my PlayStation 3 and then transferring it. I, I can't even get my PSP to acknowledge my internet. Dude, I had the same problem, and then I bought a Wi-Fi extender just because my inter- my house has like notoriously bad internet. It cannot pick up the Wi-Fi signal from my router, but it picks it up on the extender, which is really weird because uh, I think that uses like a slightly older netcode. Uh... Is that weird? Because mm-hmm. I feel like that's, how, that's exactly how it's supposed to work. Well, no, because like even if I'm standing right next to the router, I can't get my PSP. Like it, it just can't oh. con- can't connect oh. to the actual device. But I think because the extender is using like older technology. Um, I see. You know, I'm able to connect to that, which has been really nice. Also, I just got like a 64 gigabyte memory stick duo, put that on my PSP, put every single PSP game I have on my PSP 3000, and I, it's oh, just boy. it's just so nice. Also, if you activate dual band on your router, you're probably going to be able to use your PSP on it. I've tried that. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Not able to connect to the 2.4 or the 5. Um, hmm. Weird. Yeah, it's. I mean, it was a problem until I was able to connect to the extender, so not a problem. It's fine. I'll, I'll just have to download all my PSP games on my PS3 and then move them over. Yeah, yeah. God, I wish that didn't take so long. It's ridiculous. Yeah. All right, we're just rec- we're just recording because we like each other at this point. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. Sorry. We're just talking. We're just chit chatting. <laughs> no, I wonder how, wonder how right. the socks are doing against the Mets. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thank you so much for watching Frameskip episode fifty-four. Remember, if you like us, leave us a good review on your podcatcher of choice, or just give us the old subscribe. It really helps out. And remember to send us questions at bit.ly slash frameskipq or at frameskippodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at frameskippod, and you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash frameskippod. You can find all of us on Twitter. I'm at Seth90sKid. Don't follow me. Elijah is at Loco Lizard Man. Austin is at Austin Jeller. And George is at GB Loftus. Don't follow, don't follow me either. <laughs> Coach is, of course, at Frameskippod. This episode should go up Friday the 30th, my last day of work. And uh, All right, then I won't say. I was going to be like, oh, guys, I'll be uh, live tweeting my responses to the PlayStation Live event or whatever, like the. the oh, the, yeah, the, the, the PlayStation. Play. Yeah, that, that's going to suck because yes, the first I'll, one was good. I'll be playing Returnal. Yeah, I think I might actually have to go out. You're I not going to be watching? ordered a hard drive so i can put all my games and just finally like actually play my ps5 i'm excited um, you're not gonna be watching the state of play elijah um at well it depends what time it is because i know they're doing ratchet and like one or two indie games they said yeah but it's mainly gonna be ratchet yeah i'm not i don't need to be and, i don't need to be convinced to buy that game and that's kind of where i'm at with like i almost didn't watch the last resident evil event because i'm like I don't need to be convinced anymore about a village. That's where I'm at. Tales of Arise. I'm like, I was, I was in on day one. Game looks amazing. I was in on day one. I don't need to see any more trailers. I want to be surprised. I'm going in blind. 
I'm good. Stop showing me stuff. You announced it two years ago. You took way too long. Yeah. I mean, the last year doesn't count because COVID. Like, I'm willing to give everyone, like, kind of a pass on why their stuff was delayed last year. I, I mean, whether whether it's COVID or not, I'm still sick of hearing about it. I want to play it. Fair enough. Get it. So, yeah. All right, my All right, dudes. Guys. So good seeing you. I love you to pieces. I love you too.